0: the citizens of India or um, people living in India had to go and stand in queues and all that is just things of the past, everything. I mean, you're talking about a country where you have 700 million active internet users, right? And that, that number is uh, even, um, what is it, it's uh, targeted to go beyond a billion in in the next couple of years. So that's the kind of, uh, Uh, transformation at scale that's happening Uh, and also the the if you just look at e-governance and uh, some of uh, I mean pretty much a billion people being having a digital ID in India right Mm -hmm. Um, a billion people having access to or more than a billion people having access to unified payment interface or UPI Mm -hmm. as you call it suddenly you go into uh, uh, even into some of the smallest farmers markets and don't think of Picture a farmers market in, like in Europe or anywhere else. It's really a, um, but again, even that person is using a digital payment system on the yeah. mobile phone where yeah. you can pay, and that's that I think is is the scale at which things are happening here.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me Elaine Pringle Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C level executives, leaders of institutions, and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics they talk? We listen. <laughs> My guest is among the leading voices in the world of technology today. Recognized by Fortune India as one of the top 50 most powerful business women, she's the first female to lead German tech giant SAP India Labs, and she is seen across the globe as a thought leader, innovator, and strategist. An interesting conversation ahead, but before we get into that, here's a brief message. This episode is sponsored by Axia. Axia is the leading private cloud platform in the Alessian and Matamos ecosystem, combining intelligent solutions with security and control. Axia's clients profit from digitalization and automation of critical business processes in a cloud and hybrid architecture. 150 staff provide migration, engineering, and support services to over 200 leading organizations in 32 countries.
0: Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.
1: Sindhu Gandhidharan is the SVP and Managing Director of SAP Labs India, as well as the head of SAP User Enablement. A career spanning over 20 years in various leadership positions in the organization, Sindhu sits on a plethora of boards to include a recently appointed board membership to Siemens India. She plays a key role in charting the new and next chapter in India's $1 trillion digital economy, while also developing India as a technology hub for the world. Wildly regarded as a, a technologist humanist, she helps and empowers the youth of India, earning her a position in the advisory board of UWA, supported by UNICEF. She is also a member of the committee, the steering committee of the Indo German Chamber of Commerce, and is a key influencer driving the bilateral trade and deliberations between India and Germany. Academically, Sindhu gained a bachelor's in computer science at Bangalore University in India. Let's now have a conversation. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Sindhu to Headstock. Delighted to have you here today.
0: Thank you, Elaine. Uh, also an equally um, uh, brilliant opportunity for me to be part of uh, the Headstock podcast series. have been looking forward to having this conversation with you for a while now. So very happy to be here today. Yes, indeed. And i I'm really happy to have you here today, quite excited to have this
1: conversation today, and as you know, the listeners do not know, we've been trying to plan this for a while, and we're here (laughs) sitting and talking, which is great. Okay, I want to start with this episode with a brief intro to your role within SAP. You have a a number of them, um, as well as roles outside of the organisation. Please tell my listeners, um, what do you do within this SAP organisation?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, So Elaine, uh, I hold dual responsibilities at SAP. I I do have a regional as well as a global role. Uh, But first and foremost, I've been with SAP for almost 22 years now. I started off my career as a young developer at Labs Mm -hmm. India uh, in the late 90s, uh, when actually um, SAP was just establishing itself in India or actually started in India, right? And Mm so Today, I'm very, very happy and honored and humbled to be leading the same R&D uh, hub for SAP here in India. And I also see this as a, an opportunity uh, to give back uh, to the country where my journey started off, right, Elaine? Uh, so I assumed the office uh, as the MD about uh, two and a half years back, and uh, I'm responsible for the R&D that happens out of India for SAP. Mm -hmm. Um, spread across five locations in India of course Bangalore is our largest uh, location but we also have our R&D teams uh, out of Delhi, Mumbai, um, Pune as well as in in Hyderabad Mm -hmm. Um, and this is the innovation engine if you may will um, so which is um, powered with our 12,000 strong Family here in India on the RD side. Mm-hmm. Uh, in parallel to that, Elaine, I also have a global role uh, where I lead SAP's uh, global user enablement unit. Uh, with and this is a team that is spread across the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here, our target is uh, clearly to provide a very consistent, uh, and intelligent, and a personalized enablement experience for our end users uh, across. Uh, our entire product portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's my role within SAP. But like you did mention, also in the introduction, I do serve on the board of various tech organizations: yes. uh, Siemens India, Qualtrics, Titan. Uh, where I do also get an opportunity to work very closely hand-in-hand with the industry uh, and also extremely grateful to uh, collaborate very closely with some of the brightest minds of our time. So very happy to be doing my bit, Elaine.
1: That's probably why it's taken so long to actually get an episode recording with you. Very, very busy individual. Um, You recently celebrated 50 years of SAP. Um, Congratulations. Um, Can you just briefly enlighten my listeners to some of the things planned going forward?
0: Yeah, sure. So, um, yes, at SAP, uh, we you're right. We did celebrate our fifty years um, mm-hmm. as as an organization, and here in India, actually, it's it's been twenty five years um, that we are operating out of India. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at Labs India, Elaine, uh, we we truly believe in in building innovations uh, for the world, right? Uh, which is all centered around our people, centered around purpose. And of course, the power of the ecosystem, right? Because that's also the beauty of uh, of being in India. Uh, and as you probably know, uh, Elaine, Labs India uh, is the largest R&D hub for SAP outside our headquarters in Waldorf in Germany. Yeah. Um, what I always um, call out uh, as something which is very unique to SAP Labs India is the fact that it's the only location which represents the entire length and breadth of SAP's vast portfolio of uh, uh, products and solutions, right? Um, and this becomes an incredible advantage for us, but also, of course, also for our partners and also our customers in the mm-hmm. region. Um, mm-hmm. Elaine, as as you as you probably know, uh, SAP is the world's largest enterprise software company and which means yes. if in terms of um uh, if you just put it into numbers 77% of the world's transaction revenue touches an SAP system right mm. um so we truly are focused on helping our half a million customers run better and become intelligent and sustainable enterprises and like i said at the heart of everything we do at SAP it's our people right and this is, has been our mantra if you may will over the last 50 years that we've been and continue to be our mantra in terms of keeping our people at the center and driving innovation. right? Mm -hmm. Um, So if you ask me, our all-time priority has always been to stay ahead of the times and tap into the latest technology to offer the best-in-class services for Mm -hmm. our customers Mm -hmm. so that they can run at their best leveraging SAP's technology. right? And in order for us to do that, Elaine, we really also need to ensure that our employees run at their best, right? Um, and today, if you ask me, um, we take a lot of pride that SAP has all has always been amongst the most admired organizations of all times because mm-hmm. we are also taking very conscious efforts to ensure that our innovation streak is at its best. And more importantly, I'd say that our innovative solutions are also being adopted mm-hmm. uh, by enterprises around the world to solve some of the biggest business uh, problems that and challenges that exist out there, right? Uh, and I can only tell you, when I assumed this office, um, my biggest resolution was to make Labs India the innovation hub for SAP. Mm-hmm. And I can absolutely tell you with a lot of conviction that uh, we're so glad that we've made great progress here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thanks to the brilliant talent, the brilliant leadership uh, we have here uh, across uh, Labs India, and SAP in India overall, right? And uh, also some of the acknowledgements towards that recently, uh, we were recognized amongst the top employers in India for the fourth consecutive year in a row, right? Oh, um, and yeah. uh, also what I take a lot of pride in in sharing with you is we're also recognized as the best organization for women in India. Um, and and also um, I talked about purpose, right? We, t- yeah. we take a yeah. lot of... Uh, 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 a pride in the work that we are doing, beat in the area of sustainability, uh, not just in in driving the sustainability suite of solutions from SAP to our customers, but also as as an exemplar of how we live sustainability at the core of everything we do. Right. So we are not just enablers of this change in terms of taking products around sustainability to the market, but we are also leading by example. So that sort of gives um,
1: the listeners yeah. a, a taste of the 50 years to come and what you plan to do. And, and you're clearly, Cindy, in the heart of most of it. And also, which is quite fantastic, you've touched upon Labs India. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you a question on that. And you kind of covered a lot of that for me. So, so thank you for yeah. including that in, in your answer. So we've got a sense of that. But just out of curiosity and briefly, Cindy, yeah. um, what do you do at the SAP user enablement event meetings?
0: Yeah, so at SAP user enablement, uh, like I mentioned, right, so we have a global portfolio of of solutions, Elaine, as you can imagine, we are serving half a million customers worldwide. Mm -hmm. And with user enablement, our target is clearly to provide a a consistent, a very intelligent and a personalized enablement experience for our users, right? So that is very uh, key for us, because as our customers traverse through our lines of business as they go across end to end business processes like, for example, take processes like total workforce management or if you're looking at processes like uh, code to cash or lead to um or, or thing or strategic sourcing procurement uh, they need to be having the right enablement across right mm-hmm. and so that's what i meant by mean by a consistent a very personalized enablement experience and what we also take a lot of pride in is we provide a content in the language that the users need right mm-hmm. and that's very important because of course we have uh, customers uh, spread across 180 plus countries in the mm-hmm. world and uh, they of course want to get enabled in their language of their choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so all in all, I'd say it's it's our utmost priority to enhance that end to end user experience through that through best in class user enablement, mm-hmm. and this also supports our customers in accelerating their adoption journey and and generating business value, right? Uh, so that's a little bit of uh, context of what I do on the user enablement side of the house. Uh-
1: that's, that's pretty comprehensive, Sindhu, um, so thanks for that. Um, you know, in, in, in previous conversations with guests uh, yeah. around the world, they enlightened me to the, the exciting new tech ecosystems in their part of the world. Um, yeah. I'd like to ask you about the, the Indian tech ecosystem. What is happening there at the moment that you'd like to share? And, and what are the things um, for us to watch out for?
0: Oh, yeah, that, that's indeed a very broad question, because in fact, uh, Elaine, I, I think we can dedicate an entire podcast for just <laughs> this. <laughs> but uh, but um, no, honestly, because if it's just phenomenal to see the kind of transformation uh, that's happening in India. And for me personally, as well, I, I moved back to India after a long span of mm. 18 years in the headquarters. And for me as well, right, it was just phenomenal to see this transformation because if you ask me the Indian digital story Elaine is clearly an intersection of the market opportunity the talent pipeline and a very thriving innovation ecosystem Mm. right this is really what uh, it's a combination of all of this and I can only tell you that there's been never been a better time to work in the Indian tech industry and contribute to this movement that's that's literally transforming millions of lives every every second right uh and i have to say a major credit also goes to the brilliant and continued support that uh, the, the indian government for, uh, puts into making a digital first nation right because they're leading that narrative uh, for india and leading also the whole effort around uh, technology adoption uh, by the masses and in fact it's even uh, themed as this, this decade is themed as the tech aid, actually, um, uh, meaning the decade for tech transformation in India. Uh-huh. And I think that's rightly so, right? Because yeah. today, also, if you look at, um, Everywhere. Uh, area, yeah, like an area like startups, yes. I mean, we yes. the third largest startup ecosystem in the world after the United States and China, right? Yeah. Um, and 2022 clearly has, uh, touted to be the year of India's unicorns, right? Um, it's also, exploded, hasn't it? Has absolutely exploded. Yeah,
1: you, yeah. You work with a lot of youth, uh, as mentioned in the introduction. What are they doing? What What are you seeing? What's inspiring you and excites you about what's coming out tomorrow with working with these guys?
0: Yeah, I think, again, it goes back to how, if you look at things like e-governance in India, right? This is Mm -hmm. now um, services where um, uh, the citizens of India or um, people living in India had to go and stand in queues and all that is just things of the past. Everything, I mean, you're talking about a country where you have 700 million active internet users, right? And that that number is uh, even, um, what is it? It's targeted to go beyond a billion in, yeah. in the next couple of years. So that's the kind of... Uh, uh, transformation at scale that's happening, uh, and also the the if you just look at e-governance and uh, some of uh, I mean pretty much a billion people being having a digital ID in India, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a billion people having access to, or more than a billion people having access to unified payment interface or UPI mm-hmm. as you call it. Suddenly you go into uh, uh, even into some of the smallest farmers' markets and don't think of picture a farmers market in, like in Europe or anywhere else it's really a um, but again even that person is using a digital payment system on the yeah. mobile phone where right. you can pay and that's that I think is is the scale at which things are happening here uh, yeah. and that also coupled with um, so it's in areas of health to finance to agriculture yeah, yeah, yeah. i think technology is totally revolutionizing and the, the mobile, way
1: yeah the mobile phone has so revolutionized so many things the way of doing things um yes across the yes. World. and as you say with farmers with people in rural communities through yes. the mobile phone they are in touch with any part of the world you know it's exactly fantastic. exactly okay yeah okay let, let's move on because i'm conscious of your time um n- now for a question that would you know, fit in, in into the most recent series on Heads Talk, um, mm-hmm. but I'd be interested in the the Indian market and your thoughts in this space. So, what does this, the ecosystem look like in the retail sector? What's going on there?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if if you like we touched upon earlier as well, right, the Indian Mm -hmm. economy continues to be driven by consumption. And we're also observing that consumption growth is is back after, like you can call it the COVID powers or whatever. Right. And uh, today also backed up with that uh, consumption power amongst um, uh, the community here. Today, India is home to the third largest base of online shoppers, right? So only behind, say, the China um, uh, and the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so um, going ahead, what you can clearly see is e-commerce in India is expected to reach 130 billion uh, US dollars by 2026 and uh, even reach $2 trillion by 2032, right? So that's what the prediction says around Mm -hmm. e-commerce in India. And also what's happening is We are seeing organized retailers focus on um, multiple routes of expansion, right? Offline, online to fuel that kind of future growth. Uh, And also as the number of internet users rises, the Indian e-commerce industry Mm -hmm. also continues to grow with it, right? And besides that, what's also happening is the government is pushing forward the whole uh, 5G networks, right? And which means... Uh, for the retailers, they'll be able to use 5G-enabled virtual reality, augmented reality, Mm -hmm. uh, artificial intelligence to gain new competencies, new efficiencies. Um, And so that's also happening as we speak. What we're also seeing a lot on the retail side is retailers are already using uh, AR and VR to improve that customer experience, right? And this is um, clearly being adopted by Indian retailers as we speak. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, And moving forward, of course, I mean, we're all talking and even we're looking at even uh, experiences with the metaverse. And this is also happening also on the consumer side, right? Um, So there is definitely um, um, investment going on to create devices that makes the metaverse accessible. And Mm -hmm. honestly, if you ask me, it won't be long before The metaverse becomes the latest shopping destinations for the Indian community as well, right? And
1: I'm sure it must be exciting a lot of the young um, Indian minds in in terms of development and working in that space. Would you say it's the best time, perhaps wearing your SAP hat, is it the best time to be a customer now? Because everything's so customer centricity now. Do you think it's the best time to be a customer?
0: Ever? Yeah, of course. Right. I mean, from a customer, everything that, that we do, Elaine, has to be focused on the customer experience. There's no question about it. Right. Yes. And when you look at it and powered with the technology advancements that we just talked about, right. I mean that going to your customer and reaching the customer through different channels, through different interfaces, through different technologies is, is becoming a lot more easier, but also exciting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh that that is uh, and and that uh, the gap between kind of um, getting that customer feedback and making sure that you're able to very quickly react upon that and, and giving customers various or the users i'd say mm-hmm. uh, various possibilities to interact with mm-hmm. at across different channels and no matter which channel they come in through give them that very unique personalized intelligent experience also becomes a lot more possible and is happening as we speak right
1: yeah it's all about it's all about knowing the customer isn't it it's not absolutely Absolutely. yeah yeah and getting there we've talked quite a bit about the the indian ecosystem and you've kind of talked about things almost on a domestic level let's talk Mm -hmm. about india on the world stage and there's a lot happening uh, and i'm sure there's a lot you can share but for the moment generally uh, yeah, we're talking about excites because this seems to be an era of excitement, especially with what's developing and it's developing quite fast. What excites you now and for the future? Just, you know, please know this is a very open question and yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be related to SAP. But tell me what excites you about India's position and place perhaps on the world stage?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, what excites me most is, is the pace at which businesses and economies are transforming, right? And uh, again, huge thanks to the advancements that uh, that has happened in the cloud, virtual infrastructures, all that has contributed to that pace at which businesses are, are transforming. And what we've also seen, Elaine, in the last years, the last couple of years precisely, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the COVID era, right? Not only accelerated this cloud adoption across industries, but clearly also drove home that message, right? You either do it now or just get left behind, right? So that I think has come out larger and loudly and clearly. And so for me, it's super exciting because more and more organizations or the CIOs I talk to are charting that digital journey in order to foolproof their businesses, right? Because there's so many things that has happened, who thought of a pandemic, and then we thought we've all gotten that under control. And then the war in Europe, I mean, who would have thought about it, right? So the vulnerabilities of this evolving business landscape is now kind of top of mind for everybody. Mm -hmm. And from a technology point of view, the cloud is also acting as a backbone very quickly for the adoption of these new technologies. you asked me to reflect a bit on on in the india context yeah. i mean the demand for cloud in india uh, is increasing right uh, for companies of all sizes as they digitize uh, and this goes across the small medium large enterprises uh, also what's happening is this multi cloud adoption is also clearly emerged as a very valuable strategy right so that's yeah. and it's very interesting to to see how this is transforming in the Indian tech landscape. The other thing, which I think is also um, what what I see is, I mean, yes, growth in the cloud, but we also know the gr- growth in the cloud is incomplete if it's not done in a sustainable manner, because um, if, along with your top line and bottom line, mm-hmm. if you look at all forward looking organizations, they're also adding sustainability as the third dimension to drive their business success, or what we at SAP refer to as the green line, right? So, Green line, what we believe is also the measurement of the efforts that you're taking, the environmental efforts uh, that uh, organizations are taking. And in Mm -hmm. fact, many of the uh, forward-looking CEOs are making that a strategic priority, right? Uh, And you know it, investors are also making sure uh, that this is being part of their investment decisions. Mm -hmm. Even consumers are making clear shifts towards um, uh, getting more sustainable products and services. And here, if you look at a talent market like India, which is massive, yeah. even employees are making career choices based on uh, employers' responsibility towards the, the the planet, right? So that's also uh, what's happening. And like I mentioned uh, before, uh, Elaine, uh, there's also growing investor confidence in the Indian startups, which also excites me for sure, because yes. we have a great startup accelerator program here. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, early stage investments in potential startups are clearly propelling that entrepreneurial ecosystem in a much, much big way. Are, are, are so, the
1: inv- sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Cindy, but yeah. are the investments coming on a, from a domestic level or on a global level in investing
0: these sort of the early startups within India? both right both and and if I look uh, uh, put my SAP hat on right many times we are looking at those startups which really come in and complement our portfolio of solutions right Mm -hmm. Uh, because yes if you look at um, our um, there are niche areas where some of these startups really add huge value when you look at it in complementary pieces of of the portfolio and for the Mm -hmm. startups it's a brilliant way to get access to global markets through sap right or organizations yeah. like sap and that's so the investments are happening uh both on in the local level as well as on the global level um elaine so let's let's end this episode of
1: heads talk um with, with this question on leadership you mentioned it briefly you talked a, le- a little bit about leadership and i be interested to know how has is developed or changed post-COVID? And, and how do you see this morphing going forward, especially with all the technological changes that's happening at the moment? So just tell me, what, what, what do you see, or how do you see leadership today that's different from pre-COVID?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if it's pre-COVID or anything like that, but I, I think what we can all agree on is um, COVID, I mean, the pandemic has been kind of a large-scale natural experiment and a masterclass in leadership <laughs> or more so I'd say actually uh, digitalization uh, all those things <laughs> I've um, been working right crisis management to a certain extent yes, right yes. Um, and and I think the pandemic clearly has questioned also this realms of leadership right so mm-hmm. it's like um, leadership beyond Titles, I would say, right? Yeah. Because I think it was almost a great leveler of sorts. Um, even in the India context, it didn't matter which, whether you're heading an organization or, I mean, everybody was like, like, okay, now how do we get this thing going, right? So I, I'd say today leadership is all about breaking down barriers and also to our, to your earlier question, right? Giving people that freedom to create previously unseen opportunities really to help them elevate their own uh, abilities, but also the capacities of the organizations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And every crisis kind of has this uh, way of revealing and course correcting and and recalibrating, if Mm -hmm. you may what leadership really means, right? And especially when you're talking about uncertain times, Um, we went through a very um, tough uh, second wave of the pandemic here in the country where Uh, it was also mainly about leading with empathy, leading with people at the core of every decision that we take. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been in uh, conversations every week where we had our executive board joining our uh, Labs India leaders meeting, clearly saying, right, business takes second priority. First, we take care of the people. And I think today uh, that for me translates into leadership being courageous enough to be compassionate, right? To really yeah. allow others to influence in their own way and listening through their actions, if you ask me, no.
1: That's interesting because when I ask, you know, these leaders, and you, you, you know, the kind of leaders that I have on the show, when I ask yeah. these leaders, they say the same thing as you. Words like empathy, compassion. Yeah. They've used mm-hmm. the word uncertainty, but that was probably because I interviewed them very close to the pandemic when it happened. So they're all talking about uncertainty because they didn't know what was happening. So And that's really changed their dynamics. I'm not quite sure is this a kind of a millennial, Gen Z way of doing things, but it's really changed how we, I don't know, how we define leadership because, you know, there's no longer the boss and the employee. There's, yes. the lines are somewhat blurred. How has, how has any of this changed the way you do things, Cinder?
0: Yeah, I personally believe that um, when you, I mean, what is leadership? It translates into working with people, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about working with people, I think the fundamental understanding is every individual is different, right? I I mean, every person is coming from a totally different set of things that has molded him or her into what they are, right? Mm -hmm. They come with very unique skill sets. And I think as a leader, it's, it's super important and it's our responsibility to be able to tap into those unique strengths and tap into that potential, uh, every individual brings on board, right? Mm -hmm. So I I truly believe that um, that's something that uh, you can, of course, adapt and develop over the years as you also grow uh, in your leadership role. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it's very important that um, as a leader, right? I mean, you, of course, you own your area of domain. I talked about being prepared and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think as a true leader, you have to rise about the managing part, right? But leading, right? Mm-hmm. Take your mem- team together with you. And that's, I think, number one, right? Mm-hmm. The second thing, if you ask me is, how how are we able to tap into the potential of each um, team, team member, mm-hmm. right? And create that environment of trust. You asked about failures i mean unless you create that environment of trust how can you expect people to be confident about trying out and being okay and and being able to perform at their best right Um mm-hmm. uh, so that's key. At- to fail and then get up and get on with it again because they, they know absolutely. you've got their back
1: so to speak absolutely absolutely so, all right so that that, that that's interesting sindhu gangadarin it's been an absolute pleasure it really has um <laughs> thank you for your time and insights.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Elaine. It's been a great conversation and I've really uh, enjoyed talking with you and uh, looking forward to more such conversations with you.
1: Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash headstalk wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, C-suite leaders and heads of international.
0: Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.